Hi, friends, and welcome to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. And the postseason is indeed upon us. This is the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show on this, the penultimate day of the month of November, December right around the corner, two days away from what will be the second round of the FCS playoffs in South Dakota State, the number one overall seed for the third time in the last four playoffs. And the Jackrabbits will host a program that, they have never faced in football. Matter of fact, they've only faced them one time ever in any sport that the Bears of Mercer from Macon, Georgia. We will talk about that coming up here in the next hour. The head coach, Jimmy Rogers, will join us to recap a remarkable regular season just briefly. We did a lot of that last week. We'll touch on the all-conference awards that the SDSU football team had bestowed upon them, and there were a plenty, to say the least. And then joining us as well, uh, All-American uh, left side of the line, Garrett Greenfield. The tackle will be alongside. We'll talk to Garrett here in just a little while as well. But first up, as is our usual uh, way of doing things on the show, we have one of the members of the Jackrabbit football staff, in this case, assistant to head coach Jimmy Rogers. Please welcome Ron Pavlik back to the show, everybody. Ron, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. For those that may not remember, because some don't study the punters as well as others no. do, let's go back in time, because you punted here at South Dakota State, yeah. and you took an interesting path to get here. Where are you from, first off? Yeah. Uh, from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, went, to, went to Mount Carmel High School, where uh, Coach Banks, our corners coach, was on here. Me and him graduated the same year. So, former teammates from Chicago, so kind of nice to uh, uh, come back with him. And then Jack Sherlock, D-end, defensive end here, one of my good friends that played here as well as a uh, Mount Carmel grad. From Chicago, so. And you went to Western Michigan yep. yes, first for a year. Yes, for a, yeah. And then Murray State for yes. a cup of coffee. <laughs> and then made your way up to Brookings. Interesting path. <laughs> it was, but it was a rewarding path, wasn't it? Was, it was, it was. So, uh, and it worked out here, and I, I'm thankful, uh, truly thankful, kind of where I'm at right now because of that. When did you graduate? 2015, graduated my undergrad. With a degree in? Uh, sociology, human services. And then what? Then I got, I, after I GA'd here, I uh, uh, got a master's in education administration, student affairs. And did you, because you were a GA here, did you always know you wanted to be a coach or were you trying to figure out what you wanted to do administratively? Where did your mind lead you? You know, I knew I wanted to coach. I uh, uh, played for a very, very good uh, head coach, Frank Lenti at Mount Carmel, and uh, one of the best in, top influences in my life. And I knew I wanted to uh, coach. I knew I wanted to, uh, in the helping profession, that's why I got your human services major. And then that kind of led me after I, uh, uh, after I GA'd here for Coach Stig and uh, Coach Rogers, led me down uh, uh, to get as a special education teacher. And then I coached football, high school football as well. Being a special education teacher, there are few things as rewarding as something like that. Yes, it, uh, uh, I do... Uh, actually, Coach Rogers, I think, asked me recently, like, you know, do you miss that? I do miss um, the students that I work with. Uh, uh, we, uh, one of my favorite parts that we did, we did a lot of like on-the-job training and life skills training for the students, and uh, 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 giving them the most normal uh, uh, life that you can give them, the opportunities that you can give them, and that was that was important to me. Why did you come back to South Dakota State? I came back to South Dakota State because uh, um, Coach Stig. And Coach Rogers, two people that are uh, uh, really huge influences in my life. Two people that I believe in, two people that I uh, 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 can never thank enough. 
we say assistant to head coach Jimmy Rogers. And I think everybody knows if you're a head coach of a successful college football program, there's just so many things on the plate of a head coach. You've got to have some help. And in the past, John Schaefer did that and all the travel and everything else. So this was a perfect opportunity to have somebody to help with some of those duties. Give us a little idea. What are a few of the things that you're helping out with managing in that Jackrabbit football yeah. office? So uh, uh, Schaefer and I, I've known, I've known John Schaefer, Schaefer for, for years now. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been really what really good to help him out and co- help coach Rogers out. And, and as we go, I think some of those roles will get more defined. Sure. You know what I mean? But, uh, um, uh, a lot of it's just a day-to-day schedule, the operations, some of that Schaefer does, some of that I do. Um, the difference makers club do a lot with that. I see a lot of people in here. I like helping you guys out and we're very, very thankful for, all, for all, everyone in the difference makers club. Um, work with recruiting when it comes to, uh, the, the unofficial visits, the official visits coming on campus. Um, the compliance paperwork that goes with that. I get to help uh, uh, Jenny Sell works with all of our athletes, and that's that's a huge job mm-hmm. for for her. So any, anything that, that that I can do, uh, and Coach Rogers, you know, uh, to help her out is huge. Is huge for us. And uh, um, yeah, camps, junior days, stuff like that, kind of. So list goes on. <laughs> and game days in particular are incredibly hectic. Yes, a lot going on on game days when it comes to. Uh, um, uh, official visits being in town every home game we've had official visits uh unofficial visits so unofficial visits typically coming in our juniors and seniors current high school juniors and seniors uh coming for a game day visit and we kind of juggle that schedule and, and, and then assistant to coaches and assistant coach rogers uh to get to uh uh all the places that everyone needs to be what when you look 10 20 years down the road where do you hope to be what do you want to do i want to work with the people that i'm working with I'm uh, very, very fortunate to be with uh, uh, Coach Bobbitt, Coach Lujan, Coach Solick, Coach Rogers. Uh, there's, you know what I mean, the, the list goes on of guys, people here that are South Dakota State people, that are Jackrabbit people. And for me to go to work every day, and uh, my wife makes fun of me all the time, you know what I mean, to, to work with people that uh, that I graduated with, that I went to high college with here at South Dakota State. You know, it, it truly is uh, a unique opportunity that I don't, I don't take for granted, and I don't think any of us do. You know, uh, uh, and I didn't bring that up, and I'll say this now. She's probably listening, and I should not have told her I was on this. And uh, <laughs> she, uh, but uh, I was a head high school coach down in Omaha, special education teacher, and uh, this opportunity came up. We had, we had probably had a three-month-old son at the time. Now he's 10 months old. And uh, for her to let me come up here, and, you know, she had just gotten it. She's a teacher, too. had just gotten into administration. And for her to kind of restart her career, and take the opportunity to come up here, I don't go, does not go unnoticed. You know, for me to come up here and hang out with some of my best friends in my life, guys that were in my wedding when we got married, and coach football, and then, and then help coach Rogers out, and it's, yeah, this is awesome. You mentioned them, and I was going to bring them up, because oftentimes when I'm driving my son to school, I walk in, or I'm driving by and see you three out walking. Uh, yeah. Give us the family update. Uh, so my wife, uh, Liz, is, uh, um, she's from, from York, Nebraska, Played tennis at Hastings. She's a much better athlete than I am. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, uh, she's an assistant principal. She was a kindergarten teacher and then uh, got an administration down in Omaha. And then she's an assistant principal at Hendricks Public School, about you know, about 30 minutes from here. So uh, uh, very, you know, very, very thankful for her to kind of make that haul and let us uh, live in Brookings here. We have a 10-month-old Frank. His name is Frank Lawrence, named after his grandpa's. And uh, uh, he... Uh, he w- he's really been an easy baby. He sleeps all night, but the kids turn it into a terror. When they talk about <laughs> when they talk about baby proofing, I'm really learning about everything. Like how he did, is hanging. Off. How did you get Frank to sleep through the night so quickly? My wife. 
I just do what I, to be completely honest, she has ideas and I just run with it. <laughs> and, and she, you know, she always says, uh, uh, you know, it, we're just giving everything that we can handle. And he's been real easy. So, well, you are wise beyond your years <laughs> that you've already picked that up, Ron. I will say that. <laughs> hey, coming down here, we were talking before we came on the year too. You're looking around, seeing this place packed. What are your yeah. thoughts about Jackrabbit Nation? No, I love it. It, it, it. There's not, you know, a lot of faces I've seen for years here whether you know me or not, and uh, helping Coach Stig when I was a GA here and having the Difference Makers Club up at uh, uh, up in the CCR at the Dyke House or the Meyer Family Student Athlete Center now. Yes. And uh, to come into the radio show, to come in now, it, it, it's special. And uh, to see the crowds that we've had in the stadium this year is is unbelievable because, you know, it wasn't always like that, and you guys know that. And and, and it's it's truly special. The guys don't let it – it doesn't go unnoticed. And uh, um, to know that we're going to walk out on Saturday – to the you know to to the highest attended um, playoff game that we've had is a big deal, so we appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Well, and you're a big deal too, Ron. It's great to have you back uh, as a part of the program, and look forward to doing this again in the very near future. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ron Pavlik, with us, assistant to head coach Jimmy Rogers. Much more to come. Garrett Greenfield, the All-American offensive lineman, when the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show continues. We're live from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, and this is the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back inside Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. We are live with the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show. And our postseason edition of the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show is brought to you by First Premier Bank and Premier Bank Card. For all of your financial needs, choose a company that is locally grown and nationally known. Premier investing in you. And wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb brand corn. I teased it in segment one and had a couple of different people ask what was the sport that SDSU and Mercer had played against one another. The Jackrabbit men's basketball team during Nate Walters' junior year back in 2012 actually played in a tournament on the Mercer campus, and they were raising the ground to build the football stadium because they were bringing back football the following year. They went dormant for seven decades after World War II until they restarted the program 11 years ago, and Mercer in its first playoff appearance this year so it's quite the story down in Macon Georgia and so that's the background there but enough of me you'd rather hear from an all-american so I'll shut up and introduce the uh, tackle from the state of Iowa Garrett Greenfield everybody Garrett how are you bud I'm doing fantastic how are you I'm doing very well first off let's get the hometown lined up where are you from Rock Valley Iowa and there have been some good jackrabbits that have come from Rock Valley Iowa yeah quite a few um mainly basketball i believe but um you know i think all of northwest iowa has been pretty good to the jackrabbits um over the past as far as football goes so it certainly has what was it about south dakota state why'd you want to be a jackrabbit um you know i actually i just got asked that the other day that's really not too interesting of a story um so <laughs> well I then let's just move on here <laughs> i guess uh. um you know rock valley is only at a, about an hour and a half away from here so i was very familiar with it and um you know, it was like February, my junior year. I got invited up here for a junior day, and I came up here, and I uh, it was like a Thursday. Then I got offered that Sunday, um, and I think I committed here maybe two weeks later, um, and that was kind of it. So kind of a quick um, recruiting process for me, but I just – I love the coaching staff. Um, you know, I love the facilities and how new they were, and, um, you know, just like I said, the staff was really, um, you know, telling me what they were building and what we were trying to accomplish, and um, I just knew right away that I wanted to be – part of that and um you know part of the chase for the first national championship ever um so yeah i would just mainly say the coaching staff and how genuine they were um you know you kind of get a sense of when you're being recruited who um 
who means what they say and who's just trying to tell you what you want to hear. So um, I think the genuineness from here is really what stood out to me. Do you recall your height and weight when you came to South Dakota State? Uh, yeah, I think I was probably just about as tall. You know, I might have grown a little bit since then, um, but I was about 80 pounds lighter back then. I think I was like 250, just I was kind of a string bean, just tall and now, kind whoa, of skinny. Whoa, 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 <laughs> 250 believe, is not a string believe bean. Believe it or not, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> we got to have some education going on here at Greenfield, I'll tell you that. Uh when you arrived at SDSU, you weren't locked in as a left tackle, for instance. Yeah, um, you know, I started off on the, you know, my first couple of years, I kind of flipped back and forth. Um, and then kind of found my, you know, my home over there on the right side for a couple of years. Um, and then after Aaron Johnson graduated, I got flipped over, obviously. But, um, you know, I had kind of played both a little bit in my, you know, first couple of years here uh, through spring ball and everything. But, uh, yeah, found my home at right tackle there to start off. And then ended up at left tackle next to Mason McCormick. That decision was made, obviously, going into a couple of years ago. And what has it been like being side-by-side side with him, aside from the fact that you can't get a word in edgewise? <laughs> uh, it's been awesome. Um, you know, playing next to him has been really cool, and uh, especially, um, you know, he was the last one from our original recruiting class from 2018, that um, offensive line that stayed here. So, uh, you know, we've been through it all together. Then, um you know, going through those first couple of years where we didn't play next to each other, then getting flipped over there and uh, just being able to play next to him and, uh, you know, the passion that he has for the game. And he's such a smart player. Um, he, you know, he helps everybody around us. And uh, just, you know, having him right next to me, having that rock-solid presence is, uh, is very helpful for all five of us up front. I'm going to put the ball on the tee for you here. You elected to come back to South Dakota State for a sixth football season. Do you regret that decision at all? No, not at all. Not even for a second. That was, that was, that was an easy question. Come on. Now. I know. I put the ball on the <laughs> yeah, tee for appreciate you. appreciate that, yeah. This will be start number 52 in a row for you, and it is hard, and Mason the same way. Mason will be at 54. To be durable, and the best example I can use that you guys, the 605 Hogs, and you know this, you guys played all five together every snap of that postseason run last year. Other guys came in and out. You know, the, you bring in a different quarterback at the end of the game. You five stayed in. To be that durable, how have you guys done that? Um, well, I just think it's a mindset more than anything, you know. Um, as offensive linemen in general, and especially as offensive linemen here as the 605 Hogs, we pride ourselves on toughness. And, um, you know, that's just what we want to come in every game with. And, uh, you know, you're not always going to feel the best. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, no one really cares. And you have a job to do. And uh, we all stick together to go out and do it. And, um, you know, that's just kind of, like I said, if you're nicked up a little bit, you know, just be tough, you know. <laughs> just get in there and uh, keep playing. What's your pregame routine in the locker room? Um, you know, just kind of I put on some music. Um you know, listen to music and uh, just kind of hang around the guys. I don't take things too seriously. You know, I try to stay a little relaxed, um, you know, talk talk with them and uh, joke with them here and there. Um, you know, just have fun and uh, get ready to go and enjoy every second of it. Do you use any eye black? Uh, yeah. You know, I think I'm the official team supplier, and I always – I just leave it in the bathroom in front of the mirror that I never get it back at the end of the day, so I have to keep go buying more. And, uh, you know, it's kind of – I'm running up quite a tab, but that's all right. At some point, you got to call in all these debts that are owed to I know. You. Yeah, I go look for it, and it's not there. And then I start asking around, and you're like, no, I haven't seen it. So, you know, who knows where they all are, but that's all right. What got you started on this kick? Um, I don't know. I was just always, like, wearing I, You know, all the all my favorite players wear it. And, um, sure. You know, I'd, I, growing up, I always, you know, you see the people on TV have eye black <laughs> on. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. Um, you know, so it was just, like, one game um, – 
Egan Lickis actually was kind of he helped kickstart it sure. off. You know, I I like only had a cut like minimal on on each side. And he's like, no, you got to do more than that. So it just kind of took the took it and ran with it. And so. then you became Batman. Yeah, that's right. I have to ask, has it ever actually served a purpose other than making you look impressive and menacing in the mirror? Uh, yeah, 100%. It you know, totally takes away the sun glare from that. I was joking. It really does. I was going to say these 9 o'clock games <laughs> yeah. at night that you're playing sometimes. Yeah, I know, the, the lights and everything. Yes. But, yeah. All right, so when this Jackrabbit football season comes to an end, and sooner or later, unfortunately, it will because all seasons do, what's the next step? Um, well, you know, I've been fortunate enough uh, in my time here to give myself a shot at the next level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't know if that's ever anything I expected, you know, when I first committed here. But, um, you know, I've been very fortunate. And, uh, you know, I'd just like to keep that going as long as I can. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, just chase after the NFL and uh, try to continue to play football as long as I possibly can. Last question for you. What's your message for the fans listening and this great group here at Cubby's Jackrabbit Nation? Uh, I think more than anything, I just you know want to thank you guys for making my experience here um, just one that I'll remember forever. Um, you know, I've met my best friends. We've had a lot of success on the field, um, but everything off the field is, was just as good. And, um, you know, I've just enjoyed every minute. Um, it's been the ride of my life, and, uh, you know, we, we don't plan on having it end anytime soon, so... Uh, just want to thank you guys. Um, just everything about Brookings, SDSU, SDSU football um, has been incredible to me, and it's something I'll cherish forever. So thank you guys. Well, Garrett, congratulations. Very well-deserved uh, career that you've had. We look forward to the stretch run coming up here, and best of luck in the yeah, future as well. You bet. Thank you very much. Garrett Greenfield with us, the Prada Rock Valley, Iowa, the left tackle and All-American here on the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show. When we come back, the head coach joins us as we talk all things Jackrabbit football here on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. Back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill and more of the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show. And if it's in your big picture, First Bank and Trust can help you achieve it with personalized financial planning and trusted advice. You can find out how First Bank and Trust can make planning for your future easier at bankeasy.com. And Mustang Seeds is a family-owned seed company that will provide you with quality seed and leading genetics. To learn more, visit mustangseeds.com. Want to remind everybody, of course, the football playoff contest this Saturday, second round of the FCS postseason, South Dakota State hosts Mercer. It will be a 1 o'clock kickoff, so 11 a.m. Our coverage starts on the Jackrabbit Sports Network with our two-hour pregame. It will be exclusive on ESPN+. All of the pregame festivities that normally occur for a 2 o'clock afternoon kick will be one hour earlier than that with the 1 p.m. kickoff. And Cubbies will be open at 9 a.m. So you can start your pregame here at Cubbies Sports Bar and Grill, Main Avenue in downtown Brookings. All right, Coach, you got through one round of the playoffs, watching it at home. I assume you were locked into some games on Saturday. Yeah, it was good just to have the opportunity to spend time with family and yeah, this, the the TV was surely on, and we were watching <laughs> games the whole weekend. It's about what my weekend consisted of, and it's kind of good to get away from it and just watch more than ourselves. Uh, but uh, that's what I spent my time for sure watching the game that we're going to play coming up here. Out of curiosity, because it's rare you get to watch the team you're going to play next live in the middle of everything. So when you're doing that, are you watching it with pen and paper handy and making notes like a coach, or are you watching it more as just an observer and then you'll get into the coaching stuff later? No, I mean, when I'm at home, there's too much distraction to say I'm locked into. What would distract you at <laughs> home, Jimmy? 
Yeah. I got a guy over there that won't stop wanting to wrestle, so. Um, Takedowns are worth three points. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah, so I don't really watch it like that. I watch it uh, more so the rhythm of the game. I look at the clock a lot, check the down and distance, and see, like, the maybe the more the mentality of the guys that will be facing offense or defensive coordinator and what they do. But uh, when I actually watch it, watch it, um, we uh, we break it down, obviously, and then it gets broken down in so many different ways. And then I go back and watch the game copy by myself uh, with the live audio because, I mean, if you were doing the game, you give a good illustration of the excitement of certain plays in the momentum of a game. And people are emotional people and will make decisions to blitz you on certain situations or be aggressive in certain situations you get that from the adrenaline of trying to hear the emotions of it all that takes work and uh and it takes time for sure well the missouri valley football conference announced earlier this week the all league honors and the jackrabbits took home a ton of hardware and first and foremost we must acknowledge uh, i've done some research i haven't finished it all in the FCS, I can only find one other example ever where two teammates shared a major award. You occasionally have two players in a league that will be co-offensive players of the year or co-defensive players of the year. But to have two guys from the same team share the award, it's almost uh, just impossible to consider that's a reality. But here it is, Mark Gronowski and Isaiah Davis sharing the offensive player of the year in the conference. Yes, yeah, uh, proud of those guys. They are both very deserving um, and really just excited for them. I, I talked to Isaiah. Isaiah said, Mark should win it. You talk to Mark, Mark says <laughs> Isaiah should win it. So uh, great teammates, and uh, I know if they're, they're not really the type to share anything with anybody, uh, but they are happy that it was the other person. Um, I told them it, when they win the Walter Payton, there is no sharing. Uh, they'll rock, paper, scissors to see who takes that if it comes to it. Well, I suppose Mark could try to suggest he may be somewhere near the running back Isaiah is. Davis has no place saying he can throw it like Gronowski. He's had no uh, no history there. <laughs> You're letting that one go, are yeah. you? Yeah. All right. Well, just uh, for those that may not be aware, some of the other Jackrabbit honors we mentioned, first-team all-league honorees, Mark Gronowski, a quarterback, Isaiah Davis, a running back, Jaden Yonke, at wide receiver, Garrett Greenfield, Mason McCormick, two offensive linemen were first-team all-conference selections. On the defensive side, first-teamers, Cade Tervier at defensive line, uh, Jason Freeman at linebacker, Tucker Large at defensive back, and Amar Johnson as the all-purpose player. And you talk about, about all-around talent, return game, running back. I was really happy to see the, the young man from Missouri get that award. Yeah, so was I. Um, it's hard to get first-team at running back in the league, and so uh, I, I, I just think that Amar is a special talent. He can do a lot of things for us. Um, we haven't had to use him in the punt return game, um, but he's surely capable of doing that, and he is a kind of maybe the most dual threat guy that we have that does an unbelievable job in the in the slot when he has the ability to do that and uh, get him out in space out of the backfield and then be able to run the, behind the tackles uh, the way he does is pretty special. The second team all-conference honorees from South Dakota State, Mike Morgan at fullback. What's he mean to this team? Yeah, he's really important. I mean, that's a 
thankless job. It's like another version of our O-line, but he's got to catch the football. He's very similar to the tight end, but his ability to be multiple and uh, both of those guys, Zach, I, I, I think Hines is a first-team first team guy. I mean, um, he's surely deserving of it. But both of those guys together, uh, their intelligence is what creates the ability to do what we do offensively. Zach Hines, you just mentioned second-team all-conference at tight end. And let's be honest, there's two things that factor into this in a large way. Number one, with the rule changes that Zach Lujan mumbles under his breath about on a weekly basis, your offensive coordinator, that speeds up the game a little bit, it does take a few snaps away. And so that, obviously, if you have fewer snaps, you're going to have fewer opportunities to run offensive plays. But on top of that, when you have the skill you have at all the positions, there's only so many footballs to go around to all these guys. Yeah, footballs, but I think what we do offensively, you need a dominant Y, an inline blocker. It's maybe the most under-talked-about thing that there is that Zach does for us that people don't realize. We don't. Uh, Zach is such a huge part of this offense. He allows us to be an 11, catch the ball, and block. 12, another tight end, catch and block. 22. And you could go into 14 personnel technically with our offense, and he could be the X and win one-on-one routes. You can line up five wide with two wide receivers yeah, very easily. I just think it is uh, him and Mike are such important parts to our to our offense. They make it multiple, and which creates all these uh, complex things that happen to a defense that the outside world that really doesn't understand it like that. Gus Miller's second team all-conference at center, and that's an interesting one because Pro Football Focus, which is used heavily by a lot of individuals and scouts and even awards on the national level, they have Miller rated as the best center in all of college football, FBS, FCS, down the line. Yeah, that one was frustrating for me because if there's proof to say that you're the best graded, the best graded person should get the best award. Um, And it goes the same for... Tucker Large, um, he should be first-team return specialist. And it's not the world that we live in. We like to give ribbons, and um, he deserves it. He's number three in the entire country, and he's number one in the Valley. In um, punt return yards. In punt return yards. He deserves it. That's what the return specialist is. So, um, because they had kick returner in there as well. It was its own deal. Yep. And – yeah, I know he's happy that he got the first team safety award um, over that, but I know he competitively and deservingly should be in that first team as well. Uh, the other second team, all leaguers from South Dakota State, Ryan Van Morrow on the defensive line, Isaiah Stalberg at linebacker, Dyshawn Gales at defensive back, punter Hunter Dustman, long snapper Caden Olivier, and return specialist Tucker Large. Can I say that's always the toughest one for me to vote on is the long snapper because as long as you're not – it's kind of like an official. Like if you know their name, that's usually a negative thing. And so for Olivier, just being a consistent guy, I mean, it's it's hard to differentiate people. And as you know, for you and I voting, we can't vote for Olivier or any of the Jackrabbits. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to vote for two other long snappers, it's it's hard for me to grade those guys out. Me as well. Good. Glad we agree <laughs> on that. All right. Down to my drop-in, Jimmy. That broadcast school really paid off. There's one guy I don't know on the team. It's the what the long snapper's Thank name you. is. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the honorable mention all-conference picks. I mean the other team, not our team. Yes, I, know who I our knew. Play- yes. Okay. Yes. 
that was implied. I, I tell you what, we are – I mean, you're not getting this kind of entertainment <laughs> from any other coaches' radio show, that's for sure. Uh, the honorable mention, all-conference picks from South Dakota State, Jackson Yonke at wide receiver, offensive lineman Evan Berenson, and then uh, defensive back Dallas Beanham. Those are the all-conference honors among the – Missouri Valley Football Conference, we mentioned Davis and Gronowski were the co-offensive players of the year. Brock Mogensen of USD was the defensive player of the year. Mason Blakemore of Illinois State, the newcomer of the year. Uh, Ty Niekamp of Illinois State, the linebacker, was freshman of the year. And the coach of the year was Bob Nielsen of the University of South Dakota. And so those are the Valley honors and the Jackrabbits uh, now getting ready for the postseason. When you get those awards... Do the guys see them when the word comes out? Are you telling them in advance? How do you share the word? Um, they see it as they as it okay. comes out. Yeah, we we want them to see it. Um, the Missouri Valley wants them to see it first, so they break sure. the news to them. I will hit on one thing, and it it isn't uh, that we do it better. I think it's a credit more to who all of these guys are. We have 21 guys on this list, um, all of them deserving. And I would say when you look at it, there's three guys on here that had multiple Division One offers. The other 18 guys had South Dakota State. And uh, I think it's a credit to our development, um, finding the right guys that fit South Dakota State, and um, them working extremely hard to be the best version of themselves. Because of these 18 guys, the guys that everybody loves now wasn't believed in when they got here um, as far as – the overall landscape of college recruiting. Uh, they were believed in to come here, and they took a chance on South Dakota State. We took the time to develop them, and uh, that's what this is all about. This is a great recognition of what like, what South Dakota State is, the, the blue-collar kid that will come in and, and really work his butt off. And I should note, uh, I read all the all-conference individuals. I left off a member of the all-newcomer team, Griffin Wildey at wide receiver, was SDSU's lone representative there. That's where the 21 comes in. So tremendous accomplishments for Jimmy Rogers and his program as the Jackrabbits, the number one seed for the third time in the last four FCS playoffs, getting ready to host the Bears of Mercer on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. We'll preview that matchup and more when the Jimmy Rogers radio show continues live from Cubby's Sports Bar and Grill here on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. There we go. Gubby Sports Bar and Grill, the site of the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show on this Thursday night. And today's broadcast brought to you in part by Hefty Brand 40 Series Corn, the first corn seed designed for high performance and soil temps as low as 40 degrees. May not need that this weekend. And life is better with a team you can trust, Sanford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, the exclusive sports medicine provider for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Coach, I asked you about this last week in our recorded show, but I want to bring it up again in, in front of everybody here. When you're facing a program, in this case it is Mercer, that you have never faced before, and if you've come across them on video, it says a one-off because you're looking at somebody else, and now suddenly you're preparing for them in the biggest game of the season to date because it's the playoffs. What's that like when it's a completely new team? You have no known quantities. You can't say, well, we know this team from this league against them. What's that like trying to get ready for a program like this? Yeah, I think it's fun. That's the joy of kind of this job is trying to create an edge. And uh, it takes a lot of film study because usually, like, obviously, I know NDSU. Like, I know what they are who their players are. We recruited a lot of the same guys. 
I know their offensive coordinator. I know who calls the defense. Like, you know each other so well, and you've done it so many times. You're kind of – those games, um, I think, at times are harder because you try to change a little bit of who you are to throw off the rhythm. Um, when you do this and they don't know you and you don't know them, um, it just takes a lot of work to try to get to know somebody that you never see and the personnel, who they have, the type of play calling they have, the type of offensive offensive structures that they work out of and what are they really trying to get done defensively, the same thing, style of defense, type of players. It, there's, uh, But that's the joy. Like That's why we do what we do. We, we love that aspect of the game. And then you take all this information and you crunch it into a small ball and you try to give it as little as possible that is meaningful to the players so that they can play as fast as possible. That's our job. Are you somebody who is of the opinion of, I only believe my eyes and what the data tells me and what I see on video, or are you calling up this coach because you know him from a different place and he's now a, a running backs coach at, at a school in the SoCon and they've played Mercer, so you want his take to use? How do you approach something like this? The conversations that you have with people in this business to get research or information on another team, I don't look at it as – what do they do? I look at it as uh, what's the surface like? Um, how t how fast are they? Because film doesn't always illustrate that. You have to do a good job of managing seeing the play clock. That's what tells you how fast an offense goes. Um, not necessarily the game clock. That's irrelevant. Um, yeah, and, and at times you don't do that and you can get a better feed off of it. Obviously, if somebody knows because you can ask maybe a more intimate question on exactly how fast or when do they do it or is it after a critical play or um but i watch the film i don't even most of the time this data tells you something and then it tells you something completely different when you watch the film we gave up 17 points last game our threes were in in the end of the game yeah. okay so uh that could happen for this team just as fast right a game got close or was it not um, did they score three scores late when it was already 38 to zero? There's so many intricacies to it that you got to do your own research, make your own uh, educational decisions off of what you plan to do and how to have success. Well, again, for Mercer, the story is unique in that this is a program that existed back in the early 1900s, World War II, it disbanded. It lay dormant for seven decades. They started it up 11 years ago. First year, it was non-scholarship and was in the Pioneer League, then joined a conference uh, scholarship football, ended up in the Southern Conference. And they were on the edge of the playoffs a couple of times recently, but just missed out. Then this year they get in, in part because of how they played down the stretch. After a 4-3 and three start, they've won their last five, their final four in the regular season. Then they beat Gardner-Webb last week, 17-7 in the opening round. And it's not an accident, Coach, that as Mercer's had this five-game winning streak, their defense has become ridiculous as far as forcing turnovers. 17 takeaways during this five-game winning streak, and four of those, they have returned for touchdowns. Yeah, they've been really sound on defense. I think the biggest thing uh, that stood out just overall was just their team speed on defense. Okay. They got great speed on the back end. Their linebackers are are really talented. Uh, one of the safeties is up for the, the Buck Buchanan Award, and they got a several ex really explosive D linemen. So... Uh, they may not be the size that we see on a typical basis up front, but uh, surely when you have the speed and explosiveness that you can combat 
size a, a different way. So uh, aggressive defense, and, um, yeah, we're going to have to do a good job of game planning it up and blocking the right people at the right time. Speaking of the defense, their base, I guess you would say, is a four-man line with two linebackers, but one of those four is sort of a hybrid, so they can give you a three-man down, three-three-five look if they want, do the four-two-five. Uh, they've got some things they can do to, to try to confuse you maybe as far as an offense is concerned. Yeah, I mean, they're very similar structurally. They just, to us, um, they align at a deeper level. It looks like more than what it is. But, um, yeah, it looks like a 4-2 box with five five guys deep. And a um, little, little different, but it's the same thing. They're doing the same thing as the coverage. And, and it's going to take a slightly different teaching for Mark to be able to see it. But uh, I feel like we've done a good job of working with him this week. Solomon Zubaru wears number 11. He is a first-team all-conference defensive end, a three-year starter. In the last three games, seven-and-a-half tackles for loss, four-and-a-half sacks. Yeah, he's really good. He's really good, and, and we're, we, we need to identify where he's at and um, make sure that he's not as dis disruptive like he's been on the last several games at least. Middle linebacker Ken Stanley, number 15, is an all-conference pick. 89 tackles, a team high. He's a two-time team captain who started as a walk-on in the middle of that defense. Yeah, he's been really he's been really stout. He does a good job. Um, the one thing about these guys, they don't miss a ton of tackles. They're really they're really fast. They do a good job keeping a cup on the ball and uh, they'll close space. They align with great depth and then they make you throw short and run the ball and they do a good job of coning the football with enough people consistently. I want to bring up one other defensive player, number zero, Lance Wise, who has 310 career tackles, the school record for career interceptions with 11. He's 5'9", 195, but all over the field at safety. He's had a pick in four of the last five games for Mercer. Yeah, he's really a disruptive player, does a good job coming down top down and making tackles in space. It's probably one of the things that I jumped off the film right away to me is being a good space tackler and – yeah, surely he's made impacts with his interceptions as of late. That's the story on Mercer defensively. We'll take a look at the Bears' offense and wrap things up on the Jimmy Rogers Radio Show when we come back to Cubby Sports Bar and Grill. Stay tuned. This is the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield. The Jimmy Rogers Radio Show continues on this Monday night from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill, the number one seed in the FCS playoffs, South Dakota State, hosting the Bears of Mercer on Saturday, 1 o'clock, the kickoff at Dana J. Dykow Stadium. Our coverage starts at 11 a.m. throughout the network with Alex Parker, Scotty Quaz, Brent Bowen, and myself. Jimmy Rogers rejoins us. and Coach, let's talk the Mercer offense. And when you talk about the Bears offense, you have to jump to the wide receiver position. Ty James, first-team all-leaguer, who against East Tennessee State earlier this year caught 14 balls for 285 yards. Last year in the regular season finale against Samford, caught 13 passes for 351 yards. He is second in the nation in receiving yards. And they have a second-team all-conference wideout who's 5'9", 170, and is in constant motion in Devron Harper, who, by the way, is also averaging 10 yards per catch, and he's also carried the ball 25 times for 7 yards per rush. So those two guys is really where it starts for them, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, they're both really special. They do a good job of creating one-on-one -on -one matchups for Ty James, and he's a big, long kid. He's a transfer, and uh, he's done a really good job of high-pointing and defending um, the defender as they go up for it. So uh, we're, our hands will be full. We're 
obviously going to know where they're at on the field and make sure we do our best to, to stop those guys. But uh, as a whole, they're they're well-rounded. Um, doesn't present itself like the wing tee, but their offense is very similar to the wing tee as far as splits. They just are dressed – it just looks different, but it's conceptually – Identical. I was going to say it has some similarities to a shotgun run and shoot version of a wing tee. Yeah, yep. And all the pass games very similar to what a wing tee offense would run as far as moving the pocket, quick throws, getting the ball on the perimeter, um, and then they do a good job of mixing in different looks that are more typical uh, today football, where it's more spread and taking one-on-one shots to Ty James. Carter Peavy, the quarterback from the Atlanta area, very efficient quarterback, only three interceptions on the year, 67% completions, and he's a running threat. He had a 72-yard touchdown run in the opening round playoff win over Gardner-Webb. He ran for a 75-yard score when they played Ole Miss back in September. Yeah, he's a well-rounded player. Um, That was the first play of the game, actually, versus Ole Miss, and I wasn't expecting that speed because you didn't see it initially as I got through some of the games, and um, that was, the, I think, the third game I watched, and it was the first play of the game. I was like, okay, he can run. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's a good player. Um, we're going to have to, you know, uh, he's not truly dual threat, um, but he does, when he runs, he can run. They'll use two backs, Al Wooten and Tyrell Cord. Both are well over 200 pounds, listed at six feet tall. They're just hard guys to bring down when you watch them. Yeah, they're, they're short, stocky, um, and they do a really good job of, making the first guy miss or running through arm tackles. So we're going to have to do a good job of clogging up the run lanes and attacking the ball in the air this week. Mentioned Devron Harper. We talk about how good Tucker Large is in the return game at Amar Johnson. Harper is their kick returner. He's averaging 23 and a half yards. Their punt returner, he's brought two to the house. Uh, as far as overall return yards, he has the most of anybody in the FCS. Yeah, he's really special back there. Honestly, he's just special when you give him any form of space because sure. he can really stop and go and then take off, and he's faster than everybody. So uh, we're going to have to make him go east and west and make sure that we can uh, tackle when he's in, in space. It's uh, it's a team sport, so he'll see us flying to the ball. In the case of this Mercer team, when you're on offense, I know ball security is always a big deal, but they are such a ball-hawking defense that taking care of the rock seems to be particularly important this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's always important, um, but we prepare the same exact way, honestly. Sure. There are certain things that we address and uh, and focus on because there's an overemphasis of it, um, but as far as something like that, we've been sound at that all year, and we're constantly harping on it during the during practice. And with Mercer's offense, they move around so much pre-snap. People think the Bison move around a lot pre-snap. They'll see even more pre-snap movement from this Mercer team. Would you agree? Um, different, for surely. Yeah. Um, it's just different because of uh, we structurally see NDSU's type of formations. These formations are somewhat unique just based off of how snug the wide receivers are. And are we treating them like a tight end? Are we treating them like a wide receiver? And all of a sudden now he's jetting, right? And he's flying across the formation. It's a lot of window dressing on your eyes. Our guys are going to have to know where they're aligned, communicate great, and and keep their focus on their key and then execute from there. But um, I w- they move their front, their front guys. That is maybe the most – they shift the whole line back and forth and line up and tackle over formations that um, I, I feel like they attempt more than what it actually is. But we'll see on Saturday. 
Coach, thanks for the time. Best of luck, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Thanks. He is Jimmy Rogers. I'm Tyler Miriam. Thanks to Garrett Greenfield and Ron Pavlik as well. 1 o'clock, the kickoff on Saturday. Our coverage starts at 11 a.m. throughout the Jackrabbit Sports Network. For Jimmy Rogers, I'm Tyler Miriam. See you next time from Cubby Sports Bar and Grill on the Jackrabbit Sports Network from Learfield.